Wake up, adventurers. It's another bonus episode of Hello Hyrule. I am your tour guide, Chris. I'm your tour guide, Pete. And we are joined once again by our recurring docent. I guess. <laughs> Lee. Hello, everyone. It's so nice to see you all again. It's so nice to see you again, too. And you're here because we are once again talking about a Legend of Zelda manga. Oh, yes, we are. Oof a magoof. Yeah. Oof a magoof. That's pretty appropriate for this. Glad you're here, Lee, to to maybe help us walk through this uh, kind of odd retelling of the story we just told. <laughs> I can tell just by the tones of all of our voices that we all walked away with vastly different feelings about this. So I'm very excited to dive in. Hey, Lee. Yes, sir. What is your experience with the Minish Cap? So I originally played Minish Cap because I was a Nintendo 3DS ambassador. Okay. So I was an early adopter of the Nintendo 3DS, which notoriously launched with Pilot Wings and Steel Diver. And there were horrible sales of the Nintendo 3DS. Uh And they dropped the price of the Nintendo 3DS like four months into the lifespan of the handheld. Woof. Yes. And for people that purchased the 3DS at launch, as a make good, you got to download a little thing that said you were an ambassador. And you also got like virtual console exclusives. That di- that were never going to be released on the 3DS. Whoa! I remember that. Right on. Yeah, because like at the time it was like such a bummer that there was so little on the DS. But like now looking back in hindsight, they gave things to those ambassadors and kept them like in such a limited quantity. Like you can't get a lot of that stuff now. So now it's like, oh, I wish that I was an early adopter to the Whoa. 3DS so I would have access to some of those things. I, I think there were like a-, a handful of games. It was like. Eight or ten games. Minish Cap was one of them. It was one of the few Zeldas I had not played, so I I enjoyed it. I won't say it was my favorite mm. Zelda ever. It felt like a step up from the DS Zelda games, but a step down from the Game Boy Color. You're talking about like Phantom Hourglass? Yeah, I felt like it was a step a step up from Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, but a step down from the Game Boy games. Boy, oh boy. Right. Did that position of ambassador, you get like diplomatic immunity and whatnot too? I do. So you can't flame me and come to me on Twitter for my opinions. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking about opinions, I guess before we dive too deep into any of the details, uh, why don't we each just give our general high-level overview of what we felt about this manga, this this retelling of the Minish Cap? I liked it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought it was, I mean, if you're going and expecting the story from the game, you're going to be very confused. like I was. But as a standalone story on its own, I thought it was pretty good. I disagree with you to some extent. I was surprised that they pretty much just took, they took the story from the Minish Cap and they just kind of added a lot of meat to those bones, like a lot of meat. You think so? Some of the things were like, whoa, where did this idea come from? But like just the general high level beats, they were working with what the Minish Cap gave them, I, I feel like. There was a lot of new stuff. There's also a lot of stuff that got flat out removed. Granted, like oh i can't <laughs> wait to talk about what got removed it blew my mind what about you lee well i think the art was beautiful i really think i have a fundamental issue with these mangas which is i don't like when link talks i don't like when they give him a personality uh... and this link annoyed me 
on a level I was not expecting, especially because when we did the uh, Skyward Sword manga, it was very like uh, myth making sure. and folksy. Mm-hmm. And um, this was just like a Saturday morning anime cartoon yeah. of, of Minish Cap. And I just was not here for it. Yeah, now, is, now Link's a little jerk. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Like, I, I mean, I feel differently about, I, I kind of liked Link in this, but you're a hundred percent correct in like your analysis of the two different links we've seen in these manga so far. This is a cartoonish Link. Mm-hmm. He's like younger. He's more brash. He like really gives it back to Ezlo uh-huh. in a way where it's like, when, when you're playing the game, Ezlo is like this brash, annoying companion throughout yeah. a lot of it. In this game, like Link gives it back. They have a kind of a totally different relationship. Yeah. They're they're kind of uh I don't want to say frenemies, but they're definitely not friends at the start. And boy, some of the stuff at the end. Whew. But we'll get to that later in the episode. Uh, we're going to take a slightly different approach to this episode. As I stated earlier, the larger story that is told in this manga is the story that Pete and I have been covering for, I don't know, 13 episodes now. So we don't really need to go beat by beat. It's Link. He's getting the sword. He's getting the elements. Uh-huh. He's taking care of Ati. That's the broad strokes. Yeah, those are the broad strokes. So what we're going to do instead is we've each compiled some of our favorite moments or just some memorable moments. And we're going to just kind of go back and forth and talk about some of the bits that stood out to us. And maybe Pete and I will kind of bring out some of the things that were vastly different mm-hmm. in the manga. Does this have to be like, stu- I mean, are the three things we point out, does it necessarily need to be something that we liked? No, just any three <laughs> things that stood out to you. Okay, right on. So yeah, I guess I can start us off if that's okay. Yeah, knock yourself out. I want to start right at the beginning with the Picori Festival. Yeah. I thought this was like a, a fun little thing to see right at the start. You have like this big page of the different vendors out in uh in Hyrule Town, you have like a picture of some of the village Picori. And one of the things that stood out to me was there's an art show going on and they're all showing off uh post stamps. Oh yeah. Which is super cute. I'm actually replaying the Minish Cap right now for our award episode, the next bonus episode we're gonna record. And after seeing this in the book, I noticed that a lot of Minish have post stamps on their like framed oh, yeah. on the walls of their house. Oh. We must have brought that up at some point i'm sure we did it just it slipped my mind until i saw this uh just a few little details about the festival that i wanted to bring up uh we do get a shot of um the minish helping rem make shoes when Mm -hmm. we get some like narration about how the minish um love helping people it's like their essence it's just like the prologue before you even actually meet link like it's explaining what the minish are although they don't call them minish in this book i think at all no they call them picori 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 from top to bottom i don't know where the word minish even features I don't, I don't know. know that it does. I don't remember seeing it in the in the manga at all. It's one of the very puzzling omissions from the manga. Um, <laughs> but speaking of before we you, you mentioned before we even meet Link, how about that introductory scene where we do meet Link? We see him taking lessons uh, at Swift Blades Jojo with like a whole class. Yes. And not being good. And not being a good student. He sucks. Yeah. It's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're part, the class itself is participating in the martial arts contest. So that like that's like a little bit extra flavor there in, on its own. I'm assuming um, like this, the class is going to be in like the junior division, right? Because there's some I've, scary dudes in this martial arts contest once you get to it. I mean, when you think about what actually goes down at this contest, the idea of putting a child in such harm's <laughs> way, like that's irresponsible. 
Pete, I want to ask you something. Okay. This shot of Swift Blade. Yep. Do those eyebrows remind you of anyone? Oh, an owl? Like, probably an owl character. That's Betro. No. Betro. That, th- doesn't he look just like Betro? Is that what you get from that? That's a hundred. Okay. I thought you were going to be on the same page as me there. But I yes. thought he looked like a Muppet. That's really the main, like, the closest thing I could get. He does kind of look like a Muppet. If you didn't just play Skyward Sword four times, that's probably <laughs> uh, what you'd be thinking. I'll say, I'll say this, though, about the Swift Blade thing. Like, I kind of do love genuinely that this link starts as like just a little stinker. He's just an angry little man from like the first couple chapters, and it's very mm-hmm. good for me. I know you, Lee, didn't really like that that much. Yeah. I don't mind Link being lazy because, you know, in later Zelda games, Link can't wake up. Uh huh. Link's always asleep. But when Link is lazy and talks, <laughs> I just get real upset. I don't know. And, and in this instance, it really felt like that kid in karate class who is good, but really undisciplined. And I was so happy he didn't get to participate in, uh-huh. in the test. No, he's the fledge of the class. He doesn't, he yes. only gets to, he only gets to watch, not participate. But it's important for him to start there because our heroes need to grow throughout the story. He doesn't grow in this story. He just kind of, things <laughs> happen to him. The, I, the people around him throughout <laughs> the, the manga would disagree with you, but, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, there is a fun bit. I'm going to skip a, I have a bunch of notes, but I'm going to skip over to, uh, there's a bit where we meet Vati mm. around this time. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. He just shows up to like dunk on Link in the woods. Yeah. And I wanted to bring this up because Pete, <laughs> in the last episode of the main series for the Minish Cap, you mentioned that Vati, uh, never really uses a sword despite winning this sword contest yep. in the, in the well, festival. Well, now it's just a martial arts tournament. You don't even need to worry about the swords. Oh, that's true. True. I was going to say, Pete, like this is furthering your theory. I forgot that it is. It's just a martial arts contest. Yeah. But yeah, he 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 shows Link the real way to defeat a tree, which is apparently just magic. He pretty much just magics all the trees down. <laughs> so I have a question for you guys, because maybe I'm being way too critical of this manga that's just meant to be like a cute tie in to the game. Sure. But if you saw someone that is obviously not part of your community obliterating trees outside of a festival uh-huh. clearly he's purple and nobody else is purple <laughs> clearly he has a cape and no one else has a cape wouldn't you tell the grown-ups Lee let me tell you something about the guards around Hyrule Town yeah that's a good point they're not very good at their job no yeah, you don't like lazy people Lee these are the laziest people on the planet <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind lazy just have a good attitude about being lazy yeah yeah i don't know i guess the last thing i have i have some notes about how cute zelda is in this like she's like very excited for link we do get the scene where she wins the small shield from pina's game Uh uh-huh uh and there's someone on looking just saying why wouldn't you get the heart piece (laughs) so it was kind of nice to see that i you know that part actually made more sense this time i think because the main reason zelda picks the shield for link is because he's in a bad mood over not being able to participate she gets him this i love this she gets him the shield and she says listen i'm sorry i know how important this was to you here you can you can take the shield and practice with it for next year next year i feel like you will definitely be that's sweet that's sweet i think zelda has a i mean you know the same thing happens to zelda in this so she is very only briefly featured in this Mm -hmm. um but i i like their relationship in this it it does seem like you know a a nice little back and forth no the the majority of the the book zelda is still stone because that's the story 
story. Although if you're paying attention, her pose and expression slightly change as the thing goes on. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. As Stone, her, her expression changes? Just vaguely. I don't know if that was just an error or whatever, but like, you know. That's very I think funny. at one point she looks surprised. At one point she looks sad. I think there's a tear going down her cheek at one point. I, I, I think I vaguely remember some of that. All right. So Lee, do you want to give one of yours? Oh, sure. So um, this is relatively early on. Um, there's a full page with no dialogue of Link going into the woods to kind of start his journey. Mm-hmm. And it's the quietest moment of the manga. It's the quietest moment of the story. He's just in the woods. He doesn't know where he's going. He's not sure what he's looking for. And to me, that's where Zelda resonates for me is mm-hmm. the wonder, the unknown, yeah. the adventure of it all, you know. And so that to me was like, oh, okay, maybe the rest <laughs> of the manga is not going to be like a sitcom. But of course, very shortly after things go uh-huh. go south. But yeah, no, I think that's a really beautiful. Also, the art is stunning on that page. Oh, yeah. There's like a real sense of scale. And I love that they kind of let the story breathe without dialogue. I think that was really interesting. There, there really is. There's a lot of like really beautiful backgrounds yeah. in this book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is, this is a great page. It's actually, yeah, like you said, the quietest page probably in this mm-hmm. whole book. Mm-hmm. And it just conveys that sense of, kind of journey and adventure you're right this one page kind of is the core of what zelda games are right to your point though lee like it's a pretty good point that like you're gonna send a kid with adhd into the woods and expect him to be quiet the whole time i don't think that's gonna work out (laughs) right right well that's true but you know it's also that kind of thing of all right you know what he's got to do it he's got to learn we're just gonna set him off there's nobody to call for help until he, you know, until he meets his, uh, his companion. But, um, I don't know. I think it's, it, that's Zelda to me. That's mm-hmm. always been Zelda to yeah. me. Even in the later games where the story is heavier. So I liked seeing that. And, and, and I did like, don't get me wrong. I, there were parts of this I, I laughed out loud, but. Sure. I want to, while we're like talking about this entry to his adventure, like the next page, there is Link looking for the Picori. Oh, yeah. And not, he's not able to see them. This is actually yes. my my first point that I wanted to bring up. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I love this so much. So Link is looking for the Minish slash Picori. Well, firstly, he's here not out of just like trying to save Zelda. This is also a revenge story because he has a little bit of dialogue where it's like, I'm going to show that Vati guy. I'm going to get back at him. It's like, okay, all right. I can dig a little bit of different motivation for a Link. But as he's looking for like hours, for the Pickery and not finding them, he remembers that only kids with pure hearts can see them. And he starts having like an existential meltdown. <laughs> this was my second favorite moment where he says, I'm young, but my innocence must be gone. Yes. That must be it. Yeah. He says, I can't see them. Not with these jaded eyes. Yes. We're watching a child's very first panic attack. This is Link's Charlie Brown moment, essentially. (laughs) Yes, yes. And it does the eye thing that they do a few times in this manga that I love so much. These wide open eyes that are like super dark and dilated. Uh, It's very funny. This was the first time I think that this book made me laugh. Yeah. I think the first time that the book made me laugh was when uh, what we talked about a second ago, where Vati shows up in the woods just to dunk on a little kid. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty good. Too, yeah. 
All right. So I guess my next moment is going to be Deepwood Shrine. Right on. It's kind of cool. Like you get the dungeons in this manga. Uh, sort of. You do. I, I mean, you get very brief encounters for each dungeon, which I think makes sense because there's no fun way to do 10 pages of a dungeon necessarily. Well, do you want to talk about brief? Yeah. Caster Wilds. Caster Wilds got one panel. <laughs> <laughs> Fortress of Winds, Fortress of Winds got three panels, two of which were just him digging. (laughs) They skipped, they had to get to the cloud tops. And I'm glad they did that because you got some nice some nice shots of the moments in that panel. Sure. Yeah, Link does love his moments. That's true. But those dungeons are not my point. My point is Deepwood Shrine. So we get a glimpse of some puff stools, which Link just calls mushroom monsters. Yeah. And I, at first I was like, oh, maybe like Akira Himikawa doesn't know every monster name because they don't have a 12 episode podcast for every uh-huh. epi- for every entry in the series or something and they're not totally crazy like us. True. Um, But then I thought like, oh no, wait, Link wouldn't know the name of these monsters necessarily. Like Link would see that and be like, what is that mushroom? Oh, that mushroom thing is attacking us. Like, I kind of like that. Would Ezlo know? I I mean, he might be a Minish, but like, it's not like Minish necessarily know every monster. Oh yeah, no, his his Pickery speak was rusty, I think he said in the game. That's true. And Ezlo might, yeah, and Ezlo and the Pickery might have a different name for them. True. Yeah, that's very possible. So- these puff stools literally start poisoning Link to death. Yeah. Like he is on the verge of death. And then some Minish come break through the wall and they toss him the gust jar. And they say that this is a magic jar created by Minish ancestors, uh-huh. which is like, where did that come from? We didn't get that context in the game. Out of nowhere. And then it's like, and then it's like, wait, did the Minish like, because we know that the Minish must have been around in Skyloft, right? Because you get rupees in the grass in Skyloft, rupees yeah, in the grass means right. Minish. Did those, those Minish in Skyloft, did they see Fledge's mom's house or whoever's house it was <laughs> and think like, oh, they're onto something there. Like, and then they made the gust jar. But I'm almost certain that I brought this up during the season. Did you? Like, there, there's got to be some like similar like design ethics in between like that game in this game i yes and i just love the context that the items that link's getting throughout the game are magic relics from the minish it's just like a nice little throwaway line um so we get the earth element and the priest fastari is in this uh-huh uh, and he tells him about himself do you guys remember the priest fastari in this i vaguely recall that he was like just like a sad preacher guy that once they have the earth element he feels inspired by link and decides to just go into fashion or something yeah okay this guy is great so he's so inspired he says he's a huge geek for the world of people and just being near us brought tears to his eyes so this is again we know vati is a minish we know that he's fascinated with people this kind of flushes out that context he says link is so high and he can barely stand it and then he like rips his priest clothes off and he has a yumi shirt on so do you guys know the fashion brand uniqlo yeah i do i'm wearing uniqlo pants right now okay well that this is a really bad uniqlo joke <laughs> it was right on it was right on brand for me i, it, I was it's like, a it's a product of the age you got to remember lee it might have landed a lot better back then yes it landed for me i just yeah i mean it, it was funny i definitely flagged this as one of my memorable moments 
I don't think I can, I realized at the time that he's like ancient, this guy, mm-hmm. and somehow wearing, you know, the equivalent of Abercrombie and Fitch, even though he's like a thousand years <laughs> I old. I thought he was wearing like Jinkos. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He does have very baggy <laughs> jeans, ripped jeans. You know, yeah. those cost a, yeah, a thousand, ru- a lot of rupees. <laughs> <laughs> and that haircut, he's got like a Bart Simpson haircut. He does. I, uh, I have to address. I have to address this whole like arc here, okay? Because Link goes into Deepwood Shrine. He is terrified. Ezlo is terrified. That's pretty funny for a moment. Then they run away from some slugulas. Mm-hmm. Then yes. they crawl through some constantly growing bean sprouts. I didn't know what those were. That's not in the game, right? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Then they get up to the puff stools, which almost kill them, and they get saved by the Minish, who then tell Link how to use the Gus Jar. And immediately after all this is done, after he like Link goes in, sucks, almost dies and gets saved. And once they walk out of the place, everyone is celebrating as though he did the whole thing himself. That's true. The Minish pretty much got in there and saved the day. Link would be dead on the floor if it wasn't for the Minish that are celebrating him. Link didn't do anything. Well, okay. Link <laughs> he did- didn't. He followed instructions. He didn't. It's like, oh, Link, your bravery. You're such a Hylian. Oh, my goodness. And like they might be romanticizing it a little bit. Yes. <laughs> he was terrified and almost died. But he did point that jar very well when he needed to point that jar. Yeah, he pulled the trigger on the jar really good, I guess. Lee, do you have another moment for us? So, this is totally shifting gears, but the moment where the where the great fairy is revealed. Yes. That was pretty sweet. That's pretty awesome. It's like another stunning piece of artwork. This is incredible. Also, what happens to her is kind of sad, right? Yeah, let's spend a few minutes on this because this is one of the big areas where the book does something totally different from the game. Huge divergence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gigantic. So this is as Link is about to enter the (laughs) Temple of Droplets. He notices a group of Picori corralling into the temple. The Temple of Droplets, by the way, which is underneath the Fortress of Winds. Yes. Right. Right. And it's just a palace. It's like an ice palace. Right. In this, it's a little bit more like a concert venue. Yes. <laughs> but they, uh, the Picori tell him uh, that the Great Mayfly Fairy is performing a concert. Uh, and Link like gets a glimpse of her and he's like astonished by her beauty. He thinks that she looks like Zelda, which I guess she kind of does. Like, eh, I, I don't see it. I mean, sure. It's, you know. <laughs> you're like, he's 10. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> a pretty girl is a, the same. Basically, sure, right? <laughs> sure. At this point in his life. Right. So Eslo um, mentions at this point to Link that how when a great mayfly fairy stops singing, her life ends and that the average life expectancy for them is very short. And this one hatched about seven days ago and has been singing nonstop since sharing her bright, beautiful, brief life. That sounds like hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, incredibly (laughs) tragic. Um, But soon she'll perish. Link, again, our very anxious boy, starts panicking and he encourages her to keep going, keep singing. But she sees him and she says that her song is through and that she's just glad that she was able mm-hmm. to share her song with someone who truly cares for her and that she's truly happy, which is sweet. Did How did no one else at this v- concert venue raise a fuss about her dying? Because they were all used to it. They were all used to the fairy life oh. cycle. Link, Link was new to it. Interesting. Good that, point. That's a good point. So Vati crashes this moment. Oh, this is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is very upsetting. <laughs> he asks the fairy where the light force is. 
is. Uh, he notices Link and Ezlo. We get some like exposition for their past, whatever. He, he doesn't even care that Link's there. He's like, oh, hey, Ezlo. Kind, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then Vati attacks the Mayfly fairy and transforms her into an actual Mayfly. And Link is pissed, but Vati says, well, at least now she can live on past this moment. Ooh. But the thing is, is she starts panicking and she starts thrashing against yeah. the uh, temple, destroying it. Crumb- like the temple starts to crumble, mm-hmm. you know, beneath their feet. This right here, this is the Vati that kidnaps women. The one you told me about. <laughs> yeah, this is the Vati that we're going to see in the next few Vati games. This is the bad boy. This was a yeah, this was a great moment. It's just like darker than most of the rest of them. Well, aside from one other point of the mind that i can think of this is like a big tone shift Hmm. Uh, but very well done and like what i love is like the creators of the manga i don't know if if the artists are also writing the story but i love that they take liberties like this if i recall correctly they are right i think it's good it's like it's like when um you know a game is available and then it's rebooted by another game developer Mm -hmm. it's like as long as the original game exists and is available on you know and purchasable for people to play why not have another developer take a shot at it? Why not have it change a little bit here or there and and see, you know, mm-hmm. some other uh, people give it a shot? I, I love that about this manga. And how often do we get, you know, in any of the Zelda games, like the deep stories of the great fairies, you know, they always exist. Never. And- and they're enigmatic, you know, the, mm-hmm. the great fairies are, you know, in, in um, Breath of the Wild, yep. they're like super interesting past their prime fairies. Mm-hmm. I love them in that game. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like then it, you get to Wind Waker, they look like five for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that the writers and artists for this manga took into consideration that we don't know much about them. And, and this to me was like the most heartbreaking, well-written part of the whole manga. Yeah, I can get behind that. And that was the whole arc of uh, the water element. That was, yeah. Like, there's no, he doesn't fight anything. He just, like, sort of encounters Vati and runs away. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but he does get it after that moment, right? I mean, yeah. The, the fairy gives it to him, right? For for caring. Well, yeah, because Vati wasn't looking for the water element. He was looking for uh, the, this light, light thing. Force. He doesn't know what it is. Right. The light force, yeah. I do like that this idea, though, that Vati is going literally everywhere though oh like he's not just hanging out in the palace waiting for someone to bring it to him he is going around all of hyrule's like where is it you're right he's so much more proactive he's breaking down walls kool-aid man style (laughs) yes uh pete do you have another moment for us yeah um so this this is half something i liked and half something i didn't like sure okay Chapter four, where uh, we are headed to the library, you know, library's library. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And um, Link shrinks down to try and get inside to where he's got to go. Remarks that, you know, how he's going to get in to the place. Then gets chased by cats because cats are evil, as we all know. But he gets into a barn where he is then also chased by some uh, baby chicks, cuckoo chicks. Right, right. Uh, when then he is like, I think by some fashion rescued by Anju who shows up. Oh, no. Yep. I just remembered what this part is. <laughs> yep. Uh, and without describing it, because it's gross, Link tries to do something awful. Uh-huh. Uh, and he nearly gets crushed in the process, rightfully so. Yeah. He tries to look up Anju's dress. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I mean, he's a kid. Like, he's a. I know. No. Like, we can't excuse not, it for I'm that. I'm not excusing it. I'm not excusing it. It's just. he's a. This is an old school retro anime trope that I, I'm so, like, glad 
that that I don't see these days. Yeah. Like, at least I don't. I don't know if it's still prevalent. I don't know. But yeah, I, um, I agree. Yeah. This was another month that I was like, all right. But uh, it's it's like but one he does he does almost he does almost like straight up die as a result, <laughs> which I think he deserves. Yeah. Like, but, and after that, I forget if this is before or after the, the Cuckoo Chicks. He also gets caught by a little girl. I think it's at the start of the chapter where uh, who thinks he's a minish grabs him in her hands and is going to carry him over to her mom to show her. It's like, and Link is just freaking out. It's like, I got to get out of here. He stabs her in the hand. Yes. And this is, this is the moment where Link should never be able to see a minish again because you don't, you're not pure of heart after you stab a child. Are you kidding me? I, I think he said he was sorry beforehand, but you know, actually the double whammy of perving on Anju and then stabbing a child. Like what? <sighs> I mean, if it's self-defense, maybe I don't know if it counts. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that that child was any danger necessarily. But well, in any case, I I did like that we got at least one chapter of Link being in peril when he's small because yeah. it's kind of like when you're telling a borrower's style story. That's kind of a thing you need. Like if you're like in Redwall, you got to have the owls come down and come after you. Yeah, that's the good stuff. I agree. And and like you get that little girl and her 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 pets. Like, like that house with that girl and that cat, all of that stuff exists in the game. So it was kind of cool to see them get, even if it was a brief moment, to see them get a moment in this. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. All right. Am I next? Or do you have anything, Lee? I'm about wrapped with my moments. Okay. We kind of covered all of them. Okay. Yeah. We all did two. Are we, are we feeling good with that? I got one more to wrap us up, if that's okay. Sure. Go for it. Okay. I want to talk about the end of this. Mm. Okay. Uh, we have, so we we have the big fight with Vati. Vati looks kind of like he's he's wearing um a twilight princess looking helm in this mm, for, for sort of for one for one bit of this at least i could comment but i'm gonna save that for another game oh i could see it it kind of looks like a shadow uh of the colossus style it's yeah much more shadow of the colossus yeah but at the end of this like we have uh this moment after link defeats vati and vati's still there he's not like banished or anything Ezlo is there um and they're both minish form along with link and Zelda. Ezlo apologizes for the fact that, you know, he indirectly caused a lot of what happened. He asks Vati right there on the spot why he worshipped evil. Mm -hmm. And we get this moment where Vati asks forgiveness of Ezlo. This is Mm -hmm. all new to the manga. Yeah. I mean, the fact alone that Vati lives. Yeah. And that he asks (laughs) forgiveness. This is like a different Vati altogether. Uh Uh, So he asks forgiveness. He mentions that no matter what he did when he was Ezlo's apprentice, it never felt like it was enough for Ezlo. He demanded more than what Vati could do. And uh, Vati really just wanted Ezlo to be proud. And Vati saw among the big people, which is what they call Hylians, that the strong always get what they wanted. So Vati wanted to be strong because of this. As you do. Yeah. And Ezlo mentions, like, I never thought you lacked skill. I thought that you have more potential than what you were showing. And he, like, you know, look at Link, for example. Like, strength of character is what's important. But then, I mean, you think, if you see Link on an ordinary day, though, you probably wouldn't agree with that. Yeah, but in <laughs> this story like for it, you know taking into consideration what Ezlo has seen I think that's a fair assessment to some extent uh-huh. um, Link has a throwaway line at the end 
where he says how different Ezlo is behaving as a Minish as opposed to the hat, which is something I remember feeling when playing the game. Ezlo as a Minish is a completely different personality than Ezlo as a hat. Oh, yeah, big time. That's a Zelda trope, though. That happens often well, in Zelda games. Until you get to those little shorts at the end of the manga. Yes. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, Link gives this whole spiel about, like, you need to focus and push through the hard times to get stronger. And I put, like, oh, wow, real grind set mindset type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> seems like someone who would be listening to like the oh. podcast or something uh, oh come on why <laughs> you gotta conjure that <laughs> i think you should bleep that out Ble- yeah have fun oh man <laughs> <laughs> uh Ezlo and vati uh prepare to go back into the minish portal and link gets sad that Ezlo's leaving he has a cute moment where he says you can't just hang out on my head for so long and then pop off and leave suddenly my head's gonna get cold okay and, i thought uh, that line was really good yeah very cute it was like him just trying to like come up with a reason to keep him to stay even though there was no he knew what was gonna happen uh, Ezlo says link you taught me the power of the mortal heart so here's a gift from my heart as my way of saying thank Thank you for a truly fun adventure and he gets the hero's cap did, did i misread this part because like i thought when i read it that he actually turned the the wishing cap into link's hat oh i don't know that might i be didn't think that but maybe i'll have to readdress that like real quick uh yeah because he uh lifts the because I'm looking at this panel right here where he's like magicking the wishing hat into the air. And then in the next panel, it lands on his head and it looks like his hat. There you go. Good catch. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty nice touch, honestly. Like it's a it's a nice like actual conclusion to this like important titular hat, you know? For sure. Agreed. Rather than like Zelda puts it on and it obliterates itself by fixing all the problems. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think the whole ending is better handled here in the manga <laughs> than the game. I mean, they just, they fleshed it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really like the the ending here. It's, you know, heartfelt. It gives a little extra context, and but it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. I'm very interested because, like, we know that there is a Four Swords manga, yep. which means Vati gets bad again, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Vati in the manga now is not the essence of pure evil somewhere. Like, <laughs> But here's the thing, though. Will that be a sequel to this manga, or will it be its own adaptation of four swords i genuinely do not know the answer and why is there two volumes that's another thing i genuinely do not that's that's a lot of manga for like no game (laughs) all right so it sounds like we're pretty much wrapped up on if i could i actually have like three points i'd like to rapid fire shoot out i have some rapid fires also okay great um first cave of flames you encounter Glee Rock, which is right after you get the cane, like immediately after getting the cane Apache, yeah. which is, I thought, really good because Glee Rock then chases Link throughout the remainder of the dungeon. Awesome touch. He full on stalks Link throughout the dungeon and destroys yeah. the dungeon behind them. It's so cool. Then he he beats him in the way that you actually do in the game by flipping his shell over. But after Glee Rock is defeated, like the curse or whatever is lifted off of it and it turns into its normal form, which is like a big baby Loch Ness monster. Yeah. It's like a Lopras. It's like the vibe of a Lopras. Yeah, it's it's like a, a plesiosaur, if I'm getting the right dinosaur. Like, I just thought that was just so rad where, like, you actually have a conclusion to a boss that's not just killing it. Yeah. Like, you get to you get to uh, uh, Deepwood Shrine. Chumungus doesn't show up at all. You get the, the earth element from some puff stools. The manga is very selective with the boss fights it shows. I think it shows, like, two, maybe three. And the ones it shows are super cool in the manga. It knew that it didn't want to show a giant Octorok or a giant Choo Choo, <laughs> which is cool. 
Um, I have a moment that I wanted to fire off. The uh, mysterious stranger is the one who tells Link about kinstone pieces. Yes, that was my next one. Also, I didn't realize until this point how redundant the name mysterious stranger is. Big McLarge huge. Yeah, it's really, yeah. It's, it's just a completely redundant name. Absolutely. Um, he tells Link about the kinstone pieces. He gives him a bag and he tells him to go to the Royal Cemetery to, you know, for the next part of his quest, essentially. Anything having to do with kinstones in this game is just the yellow or golden kinstones that get you into the sky and that's it and i think that's perfect yeah that's a good amount of kinstones as someone who's replaying the game now for a second time that's on you man yep <laughs> but the last thing i wanted to bring up was the encounter with the georg pair Ooh. up in the oh, i've already forgotten the name pals of winds first off there's no sort of build-up or any sort of allusion to the fact that they might be guardians like the fact that we figured out chris factually yeah. <laughs> right 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 but uh there's also the fact that Link uses the rock's cape one time, okay? It's a magic quill that points stuff out on a map. And then while Link is falling down from the clouds, it turns into a cape that lets him Superman fly. It's insane. We see Rock's feather turn into Rock's cape and then Link can just fly at will. Wouldn't you want to keep that for the rest of the story? Also in this manga, it's implied that the feather is a cuckoo feather. So is Rock a cuckoo? Uh, it's not canon. We're not, I'm not, I'm not letting this. But the, the last thing I want to say about this fight though, because Link just slices Mama Georg in half. Straight up sashimi. Buckwild. He literally says Georg sashimi. Mm -hmm. Link's words, not mine. <laughs> Again, we have a list of reasons why Link is not pure of heart. I also just... <laughs> I am not a fan of all the pop culture references and all the weird out of universe. Oh, good point. Talk <laughs> in this in this manga, you know. Well, you f you're referring to sashimi or just in general, just some of the language and I am not into non-Hylian speak. I think Pete and I are extra used to calling things in Zelda sashimi okay. and things of that nature <laughs> because we make each other describe yeah. eating them so often. Sure. But, but yeah, I know what you, you mean. You know, not necessarily pop culture, just like non-universe things. For sure. Sort of, yeah. They do a lot of winks. Right. But anything else, Chris? I have two that I want to fire off super quick. King Gustav. Oh, yeah. Straight up gets murked in this. <laughs> mm -hmm. We learn about Gustav's time using the light force to boost, harvest, and cure disease in the kingdom. And then a traitor just straight up kills him uh, and attempts to steal the light force. There's a silhouette. He gets stabbed in the chest. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> The Wind Tribe agrees to take it into the skies, though, unbeknownst to anyone but the king to safeguard it. That's why the Light Force was taken to the skies at some point, which makes sense. Hmm. And then my last one. Did I have a last one? Ooh, I thought of a last one. <laughs> okay, my last one. Master Malari's storyline in this. You enjoyed that? No. <laughs> Why did they? Master Malari has a whole plot line here where he's retired from smithing because his tribe and the Forest Minish tribe were fighting. I had a question about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll explain this and then I want to hear your question. So Malari's wife came with him to Malari's mine, but she was a forest minish. Uh -huh. And when Malari's minish and the forest minish were fighting, Malari's wife tried to intervene and stop the fighting, uh -huh. which I think she did successfully. But the stress uh, made her sick and she died and he blames himself. It's a negative five constitution on that. What's your question about this? Lady? So I played minish cap a very long time ago. Um, mm -hmm. and my question was, was this, um, you know, how in, in a lot of Zelda games, there is a side quest 
to get a really good sword. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, oh, I was going to ask, was that the side quest? No. So this is Malari essentially he forges, forges the right. sword for you initially. Okay. Like he mm-hmm. he makes the Picori blade mm-hmm. and then you get the elements and you make it the four sword. But yeah, he there, there's, make, there's no convincing. He just fixes it for you. Yeah, he just does the Okay, thing. that's what I was wondering. There's no tragedy to Malari in the mind. <laughs> and they're all singing like it's just a happy, jovial. It's like a Death Mountain with like Goron. Right. Like I don't I don't know what it says about me that all the sad stuff in this manga spoke to me, but all the comedy was lame. <laughs> no, hey. Holy. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Because it's like some of the more well-written stuff. Yes. Like these are real character moments. So right. I, I get that. I did have a lot of questions about like the backstory with Molari's wife, because like, okay, fine. I, I don't know what her situation is where the stress of resolving a conflict would kill her i guess you don't know what that conflict was like no i don't know what it was about or how long it lasted that's fair what i do find strange was the whole thing about coal oh do you remember there was like a whole side thing about coal Mm -hmm. so the mine no longer had charcoal because they weren't getting tree or wood from the forest okay so so they weren't able to make charcoal because they didn't have enough wood from the trees Uh uh-huh so eslo gets the idea that if they can get the fire element from the fire temple that they could use the iron ore in the mine instead of charcoal so so was the conflict resolved or not the conflict seemingly was not resolved good point (laughs) the conflict goes on yeah so boy (laughs) when you want to talk about tragic characters yeah malari's going through it a little bit i did really like his like turnaround on that though where he kind of you know uh, uh was revitalized by link and his like successes yeah sure but more than that what i love is that when link rejoins them at the end of the story to you know finish forging the blade and link helps like he swings the hammer and whatnot right he does yeah link link helps make the four sword uh not the four sword the sacred blade well it makes he, fi- he finishes the sacred blade which becomes the four sword mm-hmm. which is just such a nice touch since he's like the grandson of a smith which isn't yeah. really touched upon right and they say that it should be even stronger in this incarnation because it was made both by the hand of a minish and the hand of a Hylian. Perfect. That's great. No notes. Uh, did you have another moment, Pete, before we wrap up our... Oh, no, that was it. Oh, that was it? Okay, cool. All right, well, on that note, I think we talked about a lot of really good points mm-hmm. uh, in the manga. I'm pretty happy with the conversation we, we had. And one really gross point, but moving on. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know if you remember this, Pete, but at one point in the middle of our season for the Minish Cap, you and I made a little bit of a bet. Oh, and I think it's time to pay up. Oh, boy. Did we bet anything? No, we didn't, which is maybe a note for us. Next time there need to be stakes. Good. But I do have the details of our bet, and I was hoping that Lee could maybe be the judge of our little bet. So Pete and I each bet on three things that we expect to happen in the Minish Cap manga. This was well before either of us had read it. Okay, so we're going to start with Pete. Okay. Pete's first moment. I have a, All right, I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to ask a question. Hit me. Woobify Vati? Oh. I'm a big nerd. I don't know what Woobify means. (laughs) Okay, so Woobify, I don't know if that's really common vernacular these days, but like Woobify was used uh, to mean essentially if you have a villain character who retroactively becomes redeemed by their backstory or future actions, something like that. Oh, that's a gray area here, you guys. Because like you get to the end of the manga, though. Hang on. (laughs) 
<laughs> you get to the end of the manga and Vati starts to explain that like he wanted to prove that he was good enough to his master and he had like work related stress, which I relate to personally. Sure. Okay. But we need to get to the Webster's definition of woobify. What is the redemption? <laughs> should the should the reader feel like it's okay? Because I don't think the reader feels like it's okay what you, Vati did. Hmm. Think about that great fairy. You want redemption? Read the comics at the end. Okay. Do you want to remind me and the audience what happens with Vati in the comics at the there's end? Like, there's like four or five different little shorts, uh, that which is about Vati apprenticing under Eslo. Uh, which, by the way, I haven't, I'm surprised I haven't mentioned it yet. Baby Vati, little Vati, it's very cute, and I hate that about him. Uh-oh. That, <laughs> sees, that sounds like a woobification to me. I think he's been woobified. I think we should give Pete that one. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Pete got the point. Put one on the board. All right, what's Pete's next point? All right, well, I'm going to go to Chris's next one. Okay. Uh, befriend something that will get malice. Huh. Hear me out. Hear me out great fairy yeah you're right she causes a lot of yeah absolutely okay i'll let you have that she doesn't do too much damage and fortunately we don't see the end of her Mm -hmm. Uh, actually she transforms back she's okay at the end at the end but she does have that moment where she's thrashing about and panicking and almost takes the whole temple down okay pete Four different Four Swords links. Ha! <laughs> Let's talk about this for a minute. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the biggest uh, redaction from the original story. There is no Four Sword. There's no Four Sword in this. It's Doesn't like exist. the whole thing in the game. There are mm-hmm. so many puzzles about this. There are so many things that are multiple links. Uh-huh. And they were just like, oh. That's fluff. That's not necessary. They took they took my number one complaint from Minish Cap and took it to heart. It like you could tell this much better story without relying on the four sword. I mean, I guess the four sword is going to be a thing in the next manga. Like, I'm just so curious about that next manga now. Right. Because he doesn't forge it here. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a continuation. I, I don't think it will. Two full books of Ninja Turtles. It's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is a this is nothing, right? You, you can't you can't get this point. No, no, I don't get that one. By the way, going back to this, I love the amount of detail you gave in the moment because you mentioned you mentioned the four different links and you said oh, you want me to read them oh no it's okay but you said like oh the green hero is gonna have this personality the right oh, here is no. gonna have this personality <laughs> none of them ever existed i think you baited me into the personality conversation though i i genuinely had no idea what was happening in this manga <laughs> if, if you asked me then i would have bet a hundred dollars on the fact that they would have showed up in this <sighs> yeah it seemed obvious right all right next one lee Okay, Chris, a non-Zelda character will develop a crush on Link. Hmm. No, I mean, not really. Non-Zelda meaning not the character Zelda? Right, so a character other than Zelda will develop a crush on Link. I'm going to say no. I don't think so. I can't. I I feel like there is one panel somewhere in this book where a female character has hearts over her head looking at Link, but I can't recall it. If I'm wrong, then people can point it out to me, but I really don't think so. No, okay. Unless you you count the little girl capturing and crushing him. Nope, I don't think that's that's it. So, okay, no point. Okay, and Pete, your your final guess. Do it. The Link and Zelda backstory. 
Sort of. Not really. Okay. Not really. You just yeah. you you just get more like the stuff that's in the game is just lengthened. There's not really a backstory. Right. This game is perfectly content fleshing out the story that exists in Minish Cap without telling any more beforehand necessarily. Aside from I guess for Vati, maybe Vati gets a little bit more backstory. Mm, but he, Pete didn't guess Vati. He guessed Lincoln no. Zelda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's zero points. <laughs> well, I still um, have one point, bud. <laughs> He's got got Woobify, and (laughs) you have befriend something that will get malice. This is a rough competition out here. My last one. Your last one. Ezla will eat a food such as a cartoon meat on a bone. What? I don't remember what kind of a mood I was in when I made this guess. Uh, I'm hungry, I'm guessing. Probably. Did you happen to come back from a renaissance fair? Like, what is what's the, the meat on a bone? I just feel like you could picture the bird hat pecking at, like, some kind of food. And I just pictured it being, like, a cartoonish meat on a slab. I would have really enjoyed, like, a continual gag where every couple of pages you see him with another food in his mouth. Uh-huh. And it's not yeah. re- it's never referenced by the characters. He's like chew, you know, he's just chowing down. It's yeah. his shtick, right? Oh, right. I would mm-hmm. have loved that, but I can't recall that ever happening, it so I don't think I can get not that. Not once, point. I don't think. So we have a tie. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's not satisfying. Hmm, what do we do? We have to duke it out next with the next manga. We'll have to raise the stakes and figure out a tiebreaker for the next one. Oh boy. Oh no. I don't know if I can handle stakes. All right. So with that out of the way, let's take a quick trip to the post office. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot. There is a lot. There is a lot. We're going to get to some of them today. We're recording another bonus episode in a week or so for our award show. Mm-hmm. What we don't talk about today, we'll get to there. Actually, uh, Lee, do you want to take our first postcard here from Noah? I would love to. So this is from Noah. The folks at the Legend of Zelda Lorecast said to listen to your travelogue, so I did. Hmm. And it was one of the best choices of my life. I would rate your podcast 12 out of 10 stars because I love Zelda. You guys are funny. I like the transition sound effects. I love how detailed you guys are with the places. I love your descriptions on how things taste, etc. So I'm going to just say something about Noah here. He gave you a We Rate Dogs rating. He gave you a 12 out of 10, which is <laughs> a great compliment. Good job, Noah. That is very kind, Noah. Thank so you. So flattering. And, and thank you, Aaron and Ariel at the Legend of Zelda Lorecast for shouting us out on an episode a few weeks ago. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. That was super cool. And you can check them out if you want some really in-depth Legend of Zelda lore discussions. They're covering the same games we are, but diving deep into different elements. So highly recommend it. Up next, we've got a review from Opo Guy three seven four eight five seven four eight five eight four eight four eight three six dash six eight zero. <laughs> says great podcast five stars this podcast is great for people who have played a little and a lot of legend of zelda and i recommend it to everybody that likes the legend of zelda that's p- pretty to the point yes succinct and incredibly kind i i still like when i hear that i'm like if you play a ton of zelda our conversations must be infuriating because i feel like we forget details left and right oh yeah but i'm glad you feel that way uh guy 374 over 680 <laughs> Yeah, thanks a lot, honestly. I'm going to read this last postcard here from William. William says, if you could remove Excuse Me podcast, then that would be absolutely brilliant because it can be really annoying. Hey, hey, hey. That's all that William said. You skipped way ahead of of that message, first Uh, of all. 
I don't think I was editorializing too much. All right, let me go back. William says, this is brilliant. I cannot wait for Breath of the Wild. I think that might actually be around 100 episodes, probably. It's going to take a while to do the entirety of the game. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Then William says, if you could remove Excuse Me podcast, then mm. that would be absolutely brilliant because it can be really annoying. Hmm. Also, for Tall Tall Tales, I have a theory where Breath of the Wild fits on the timeline. There's a video explaining it on YouTube called Nintendo I Fixed Your Timeline, made by Gamers React. Okay. Personally, I do think their theory is correct. I don't really play Zelda. I've only <laughs> actually ever got one of the games for myself, Hyrule Warriors, which is more my thing. But I really like your podcast. You know what? I'll, I'll say first off, uh, no disrespect on not really playing Zelda. Like, because I, for the longest time, before I even touched a Metroid game, I was just really into the lore. Yeah. And we've we've had multiple people uh, write into the show who don't play Zelda games, but who watched, you know, friends or partners play Zelda games and like yeah. have gotten wrapped up in it. I think it's totally valid and cool that like you're enjoying the series, however you enjoy it. The second thing I want to say, you will have to pry, excuse me, podcast from my cold dead fingers. It is, I am not going to stop. You can't stop this train, boyo. I think that there's this weird Stockholm syndrome that's gone on in my brain where like I genuinely just hated it for so long that <laughs> now I kind of <laughs> like it. Like, it's like, it's like a pillow, right? Like, cause I know that like, it's the end of a long recording session. It's uh -huh. like hours of research during the day, then like a two hour recording at night. And when you mutter those words, mm -hmm. that means I can rest soon. So that, to that, me, that's You gotta have a closer. You gotta have a closer. And I guess that's what that is at this point. Lee, where do you stand on Excuse Me podcast? Should Pete retire it? Listen, I love seeing Pete experience joy because I've been obliterating Pete in Fantasy League for so long. So it's hard uh, to see him. Yeah, get you it. have yeah. to bring it up. It's it's just really sad to see Pete constantly be defeated. So I think we should give Pete uh, his <laughs> his little get button. To say that. You grabbed Elden Ring at the start of the year, and like that's you've been coasting on that the whole year, brother. <gasps> no, no, no. Lee has made some genuinely good picks. Since I'm sorry. Then. Immortality <laughs> is like 20 points right now. Yes, that was mm. another good pick. That being said, Elden Ring did completely break Fantasy <laughs> Critic for the first half of this year <laughs> in like a million leagues. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you got that. And by the way, I'm celebrating that dig to Pete, but like you're crushing me in Fantasy Critic too. It's mm -hmm. not like I'm winning. All of us, we're all just at your boot right now, Lee. In any case, if you have any opinions on Link being an irredeemable pervert, you can send us a postcard at HyrulePod at gmail.com or by dropping us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read your message here and you'll be helping more listeners like you to find the show. And if you know other people who like The Legend of Zelda, you know, and if you think they'd like our podcast, by all means, tell them about us. We super appreciate you guys sharing our podcast. It helps a ton. You can also find the show on Twitter, Insta, and Tumblr at HyrulePod. Lee, is there anywhere that you'd like people to find you? You can find me on all the social medias at Lee Meyer 26 uh, Just a warning, I mostly talk about soap operas, Harry Styles, <laughs> and occasionally horror movies during spooky season. I gotta be honest, the soap opera thing is great like as an outsider because I don't have to understand anything. I just do no. appreciate your enthusiasm. Maybe one day we can do a bonus episode where we direct a Legend of Zelda soap opera episode. Oh, what? Like a Game of Thrones style? I could probably do that. Oh, absolutely. Wait. I mean, Game of Thrones is a soap opera, so... Yeah. Is, wait, is Game of Thrones soap opera? Basically. Oh, yeah. Are okay, you kidding? 
Because everything Lee shares with me and Katie about soap operas is like when an alien abducts a person <laughs> and then possesses their body and then becomes a serial killer. I gotta watch this one. This sounds pretty good. Yeah, apparently soap operas are rad. So he's combining. Me. He's combining a few, but he, yeah, he's got it. Yeah, no, I, I could probably. Pr- I mean, I love to write stuff, so I could probably you know jot down some notes on that. That'd be fun. Uh, in any case, you can also find me and Chris on Twitter. I am at the edge of my peat, and I am at a man named Babs, B-A-B-S. That's going to do it for this special bonus episode of Hello Hyrule. Thank you for listening. On our next episode, it's the Sorties! We're doing the Sorties again. I'm so excited. I'm playing the game again, and I'm having fun. I'm getting my lists ready. I think it's going to be a good conversation. I think personally, I mean, we can address this at a future point, but I do think that we can probably, like, dress up the Sorties as more of a tourism kind of thing. I'm working on it. Okay. But, in any case, until then, I have I've been Pete. I've been Chris. And I'm Lee. Excuse me, podcast. Do you want to do? Oh, you know what, Lee? Last time I asked you if you wanted to try the uh, the closer. Do you want to give it a shot? Mm, I'm good. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll get you one day. I'll get you one day.